Funding for the Hinckley Report is made possible in part by the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation and the Cleone Peterson Eccles Endowment Fund. Thank you for listening to the Hinckley Report as a podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe at your go-to podcast platform. Hi, I'm Amy Donaldson. And I'm Jason Lee. Listen to our free podcast, Voices of Reason, unless you enjoy screaming matches. Nope, you're not going to hear that with us. You'll hear folks who may disagree, but seek to understand different views. That's Voices of Reason on the KSL Radio app or wherever you find interesting podcasts. Tonight on The Hinkley Report. As the decade comes to a close, our experts reflect on a dramatic year in politics. How did national issues impact Utahns? What major policy changes were felt across the state? And looking forward, what is on the horizon for 2020? Good evening, and welcome to The Hinckley Report. I'm Jason Perry, director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Covering the week, we have Jennifer Napier-Pierce, editor with the Salt Lake Tribune, Glenn Mills, anchor and senior political correspondent with ABC4 News, and Max Roth, anchor with Fox 13 News. So glad to have you all here today. This is a special This is a special edition of The yeah. Hinckley Report. Not very often we have some of the best reporters in the whole state talking about the year in review. Mm-hmm. But that's what today is. So where are they? (laughs) (laughs) It's all of you. Let let me start with one because I want to hear what you have to say. I want to start with one because it's just so interesting to me, at least. Uh, We're ending this year with a little bit of uncertainty and limbo with the impeachment proceedings uh, of the president. But we started the year in limbo also. Not a lot of people remember the fact that Christmas this this last year and into the first of the new year, our government was shut down. 10,000 workers in the state of Utah were furloughed or working without pay in some way. Jennifer, uh, what was the impact as we started that year? I guess maybe talk about over how it impacted maybe what happened this whole year in politics. I think there are a lot of employees in the state of Utah who were scratching their heads, wondering how they're going to pay the next month's check. How long is this going to last? You know, and I think, you know, we've had government shutdowns before, but having this repeated dysfunction, I think, is really disheartening Mm -hmm. for a lot of people um, on the recreation side we saw people sort of scrambling you know how am I going to get to the national parks um, so just as you said a lot of uncertainty and um, it's not a great way to start the year and it, yeah that's yeah. you get it set off on that foot right where the mm-hmm. government can't come together to do a, a function of getting things funded and moving on and it just impacts so many people especially those who all of a sudden in the middle of Christmas the new year yeah don't know when that next check is uh, coming, but it really just got the year started on a tone of dysfunction and not being able to come together to get things done. And there's a a carry on effect to people who work outside of government as well. And and, and we'd go up to uh, Ogden and and cover uh, what was happening with the IRS uh, center up there and people who who were going to the food pantries uh, were getting so many more people at uh, at this time of year and people who who are well employed and never thought that they Mm -hmm. would be uh, in that situation, winding up getting that aid. But then I even remember um, being on the phone. I, I just looked up the uh, the gas station around the corner from the IRS office um, and talking to the gal who, who works there on the day shift and saying, well, you know, I don't have to, I'm, I'm not putting out sandwiches. I'm not making the chili that everybody yeah. comes and eats at lunchtime. And that's, and those, ki- those kinds of effects, those people don't get um, their payment back. They, do, they don't get, when the government comes back into, into session, no one goes and buys 
utilize all that chili that wasn't sold during that time, you know? And a huge impact on our rural communities as well. When our national parks are shutting down, those are the main drivers in those communities. Mm -hmm. And Jeffrey, you brought this up a second ago. You, the state had to step in to work on those national parks just to keep some of this business flowing. Right, I mean, it's not like life stops, you know? <laughs> I think people still want to the vacation. Uh, tourism is, is a big thing, particularly in Southern Utah. And so um, it, it, it has this ripple effect. And I don't think that it engendered a lot of goodwill with the federal government, yeah. uh, which is already suffering. I think, you know, people see the dysfunction and they're tired of it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Glenn. Well, as, as far as the shutdown is concerned, yeah. I mean, that's the main point I wanted to make right there. It's just people are tired of it, and that's what we set the year off with, is that government shutdown. And I believe, I mean, there are so many now, they kind of start to just all come together, but I believe that was one of the longest ones in the, yeah. in the history of the country. It was a long yeah. time. All the way to January 25th. Yes. And, and it was uh, largely about immigration and funding a border wall and uh, and that just you know the notion that uh, that the federal government all these non-essential activities uh, around the country are shutting down for that for that one issue is really it's really something mm -hmm. and that issue's not exactly been resolved in no. this year has no, it? no, no, no. It hasn't. <laughs> okay so let's let's hear it now okay your top stories of the year who's got one you want to go with so Outside of that, did anything really happen this year? Okay, no, so that was it, Glenn. <laughs> okay, End of the show. No, what a, I mean, you look at this year, it was historic and extremely divisive, both on a national and on a state level. We saw, for example, obviously the impeachment, you know, the, mm -hmm. the fourth time in the history of the country where we got through that process, the third time where a, it went through to the vote and a president of the United States was impeached. So obviously a huge historical factor there, but also just the divisive nature of that pretty much along party lines. I believe two Democrats uh, broke from the party in that vote. But you just take a look at that, and even going into it, you knew minds were made up beforehand. And I think that even kind of trickles into the community as well. We, we see that in our polling numbers. So minds were made up, but just the divisive nature of that. But even at the state level, where we saw tax reform, that was a huge year-long story that we followed all year long. Again, very divisive. Conversion therapy mm -hmm. was another huge story that we covered this year that started in the session and kind of came to a conclusion at the end of the year. So we had all these huge stories that went from basically 12 months along from the start of January into December that just had huge impacts on policy here in the state of Utah and across the country. Mm -hmm. Let, let's break down a couple of those, if you, if you don't mind. I guess it's, those are on our list. Uh, Jennifer, this impeachment proceeding, uh, we, we, Glenn just talked about the division in place. I'm just kind of curious what your read is uh, on this particular issue when it seems like people are so polarized. When I thought that maybe the heart of this was supposed to be about the rule of law, right? It's supposed to be what someone breaks the law or not, but really this is maybe only about politics, I'm just wondering. Yeah, well, I, I think the, the polarization really is in stark relief when you look at how various media outlets are covering this. Mm -hmm. um, I also think the testimony could not have been more different. You know, you had on, uh, on, the, on the left, the Democrats' rule of law, um, pointing out evidence, witnesses, whatever you had on the right, this is about hatred of a person. This is, this is um, persecution, a witch hunt. And so when you have 
you're you're really not talking to each other. You're talking to completely separate yeah. audiences, and I think that's the America we live in okay. today. Interesting. So I, I, I'm going to take a different tact here, and this is this is unlike me. But you know, end of the year show. Hey, yeah, just go it. for it. End of go the year it. show, and I'm going to try and not just be you know upset about all <laughs> all of this anger and politics and everything else. And so bringing it back to Utah. Um, just just yesterday, or just uh, no, just just in the last governor's news conference, huh. the uh, the governor was, I, I believe, in this studio, and and he said about the impeachment. Well, I'm not sure. I, I want it to be a fair process. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I I wouldn't emulate the president. I wouldn't want my children to. But you don't impeach someone for being a jerk. And so that was a, that's an interesting way to phrase it, and something we didn't hear in Congress. And we heard that. Mm -hmm. um, on in the same week that Ben McAdam stood up and said, you know what, I am, uh, I'm going to vote for impeachment. I think clearly the president did something wrong and should be held accountable, even though I'm disappointed in the language on both sides. And that... Mitt Romney um, and John Curtis, Congressman John Curtis, fall within that uh, mm -hmm. within that line of debate as well. And I think there's a certain reasonableness and decency that's happening within the Utah portion of this debate that maybe is not happening to the same extent on the national level. And uh, and I am heartened by the way that Utahns are looking at this compared to the way that people nationally are, because I think they're actually, uh, people on, on each side are taking the other side seriously. One thing I've noticed beyond the politicians is that this trickles into the community. When I was watching impeachment proceedings, when we were watching the vote, just keeping an eye on social media, you know, where I follow a good balance of, of both those on the right and on the left, to your point, it's like we live in two different worlds. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, the right has the way they're looking at it, the left has the way they're looking at it, and there is very little crack in between that. And I think that extends, again, like I said, beyond the politicians and into the public. Uh -huh. uh, Jennifer, uh, uh, as you have covered this story so well with your paper with the Tribune, um, is, is there any kind of sort of impeachment fatigue going on with voters? I mean, how, how are Utahns really feel about it? Are they tired of it? Is it motivating them? Uh, so our next poll is not until next month. So we'll see on that one. But I will say that, you know, at least from letters to the editor, people are riveted by this, at least um, from uh, the uh, social media and, mm -hmm. and the comment section. It's very vibrant. Our readership online numbers are up. So I do think that there is keen interest in, in this. And I, to be honest, during the holiday season, I expected, you know, people just like, okay, I got my own thing mm -hmm. going. I need to focus on non-confrontational kinds of activities, <laughs> but um, I, I think that people do care about this country, and um, they they want to see how this plays out, even if it is staged in some ways. I understand <clears throat> your point, Max, <clears throat> about you know Utah's de delegation taking this a little more. Um, uh, I don't know, less partisanly. I guess I, I named way. about half the delegation yeah, because, uh, yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. I'm, in, in my kinder, uh, gentler nature, I'm trying to avoid uh, talking about the. But at the least other. in the leadership yeah. and, and, and other voices mm -hmm. that we've heard from the Senate, this is a done deal, oh, yeah. you know? So um, I, I just, I, I do think that citizens are very concerned. I mean, wherever side they fall on, they're concerned for the nation. Yeah. I definitely agree with that, but I do think maybe we saw a sense of fatigue on 
the day that the impeachment vote was actually taken. Mm -hmm. Because Well, there you're, was nothing new said. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. So, you know, we go through 400 plus representatives saying the same thing over and over, depending on whether there was a D or an R by their name. And I think people did get tired of that. And maybe at the end of that day, Maybe there was a sense of relief mm -hmm. lifted off of our shoulders well, that, hey, we're finally hey, moving on. None, of the, none of the representatives, <laughs> none of the representatives who, who uh -huh. think, eh, maybe, you know, maybe you did something wrong. I'm not sure if you should be impeached. John Curtis didn't talk. Uh, ben McAdams didn't talk. Uh, you know, it was just it was just the people. It was it was people who had fire to breathe who talked. And I Chris Stewart was one of them. Expediency, though, because yes. those two individuals are in tenuous situations. I mean, they have um, more of a purple feel to their districts. So. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. I don't know if, but, if you'd say John Curtis's district is so purple. Ben McAdams, definitely. Right. But, uh, but I think I Curtis would, just has nothing to gain from his party by saying that. And that's the thing. And is that, we yeah, saw that the in the approach he took. Like, mm -hmm. maybe I don't care for the behavior, but is it impeachable? I don't know. That's kind of the the approach he, he took. He even suggested in in his online uh, in his online comments that he posted. Uh, I wish they'd you know come and take questions rather than just doing the online comments. But um, he he suggested that he would have considered other articles. He said, you know, I was a little disappointed that they just brought abuse of power and obstruction of Congress because I thought there were stronger cases to make. And you're like, which ones? Tell us what yeah. you what would you have voted yes on? And yeah. I would have liked to have gotten in more depth with Ben McAdams when he made his announcement as well, because six months ago I was talking to him and he said, to this point, I have seen nothing that reaches the bar of impeachment. Mm. So something obviously changed within that six months. That day, he... Fifth, that phone call. That was yeah. when yeah. July. Yeah. July 25th, okay. but September is yes. when we learned September's about it. When we learned but he, okay. right, and he made a, he, he definitely changed his approach. And when you talk about political expediency, in his district, would it have not been more politically expedient to vote no? That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I give him credit. That is a very difficult political calculus yeah. to make. He, he, he was probably in a situation where he was going to lose either, either way. way. Yeah. Either way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to a couple other big stories. That's certainly the one of today also. Glenn brought up a couple more, but how about you, Max? You, one of those that, that Glenn mentioned, or do you have another big story of the year? Oh, my gosh. Not, not one of the ones that Glenn mentioned, although I do uh, appreciate that. I think, we, I think we do have to talk about the inland port, because that is, a, that is a really big deal here in the state. And what it shows is that, again, it's, go, it's going to be a constant in Utah politics. It has been for a couple of decades now that Salt Lake City uh, and to a lesser extent, Salt Lake County, is such a strong contrast politically with the rest of the state. Um, and, and there's real bitterness in the sense of how, uh, how Salt Lake and the state interact. It'll be interesting to see how a new mayor of Salt Lake City uh, negotiates that. And she, I think she's sending some signals that she's gonna try and work hard to do that. But, but I think that that, uh, that bitterness mm -hmm. really showed through. And we've kind of already seen a taste of what her administration is going to be like because during the process of negotiation between the city and the legislature, we saw Mayor Biskupski back out of that and Aaron Mendenhall, now the 
mayor-elect of Salt Lake City is the one who stepped up for the city council representing them and uh, negotiated what she was able to. Now she came out of that saying it's not what we want but at least we got something out of those negotiations and also a very interesting point there. Um, we've seen this division between the Biskupski administration and the governor and state legislature. Who showed up on the night of election night at Aaron Mendenhall's uh, election party? Governor Herbert did. Right. So you're already seeing more of a sign of collaboration mm -hmm. moving in that direction. I think this story has been has taken a lot of different iterations as the year has progressed. Uh, you know, when we started the year, really there was rancor between state and city. Uh, a lawsuit developed. Then, um, you know, we got some new leadership in Inland Port. But in the gap, the frustration yeah. levels just overflowed, and we saw a tremendous protest. We still continue to see that. I wonder if it's going to settle down as the plans are put to paper, as people can actually see detail. That makes me think, you know, maybe people will be able to, to at least sit in a room together and discuss. I, you know, I, I think that um, this hub and spoke thing is a new idea. It needs to be vetted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we're talking about something that's so complicated, we've seen an evolution mm -hmm. over 2019 on this issue. And I, I imagine that will spill over into 2020 with the lawsuit continuing. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you expect there will be some legislation this year that's kind of agreed to with these groups, with the city and... You hearing any of that? I, I have not, but yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical right. about uh, about people coming together to that extent, and I think it's because of a fundamental political ph philosophical difference, which is um, the states uh, the state very strongly believing that growth is the good and it's what you pursue, and a lot of people in Salt Lake City saying, you know what, you you put more you you develop more of that land, and that's going to be more stuff in our air. But on I the other side, people say, you know, the growth is coming, we must manage right. it. So. Which argument's going to win? I don't well, know. Well, as far as what happens next, I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens, yeah. how the courts decide on it. Yes. And then maybe we'll see what the path forward is is from there because uh, Mayor-elect Mendenhall has said she plans to continue on with the litigation That's side right. of it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Really good one. And you. another interesting point, though, to, to build on what Max was saying is just the difference in philosophy between rural Utah and, yes. you know, the capital city. We have, uh, you know, a lot of people fighting it in, in Salt Lake City where rural county commissioners are saying, hey, you don't want it, bring it here. So there's a big, huge difference in the way this is thought of across the state. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this this hub and spoke that Jennifer was talking about, how it brings rural mm -hmm. Utah into this, if there's a little piece of that for them in terms of economic development. All right, Jennifer, I kind of made you talk about the, the first one, the government shutdown. Story that you see of the year that you thought was interesting and impactful. Well, I, on... Uh, I think um, on a social issue, conversion therapy has to be yeah. up there. Um, again, we saw evolution. We saw a lot of dramatic, very emotional testimony uh, on the, uh, Capitol Hill, and then nothing happened. And so the frustrations continued into the summer. Um, finally, the governor uh, agreed to have an administrative rule that mm -hmm. banned conversion therapy. And it's, it's interesting to see how that pendulum went during 2019. I think a lot of people are very happy about the ban, um, particularly because science backs up the idea that this kind of therapy is not therapeutic. It can be very damaging. I, I do think um, as we went through this, you know, 
transition, deciding what we thought about this, um, how many kids were harmed during that limbo period. That's the, the hard question that I think our elected officials need to think about. I remember sitting through those committee hearings when uh, Representative Hall's bill was going before the Judiciary Committee, the House Judiciary Committee. There were so many people that came out to talk on this that it had to go one day and then continue again the following week. I don't recall a bill that I covered on Capitol Hill where I saw that happen. A lot of talk went into this. Uh, Representative Hall thought he was in, in good shape, ready to move it forward, and then Representative Carrie Ann Lisenby came in with the replacement bill. And there was a lot of potentially miscommunication between her and the governor's office, because I remember during the meeting she represented, or she uh, announced this is something the governor is behind and then a little bit later the governor kind of said whoa 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 not not really so this just ended up being a really I would say bitter yeah. battle up on Utah's Capitol Hill and it you remember uh, Rep representative uh, Lizenby ended up getting death threats mm -hmm. over her yeah. role in this so this was a very bitter uh, story that happened during the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Max, it was it was and divisive and full yeah. of emotion. But, but what it shows too uh, is, you know, in, in my time reporting here, the, the arc of this issue has changed so dramatically um, that the, the, the notion of, of considering a bill like this uh, in, you know, at the, at the turn of the century, uh, you know, just less than two decades ago was, uh, would have been it would have been hard to imagine um, the idea that we're in a place now where uh, where there's gay marriage and the state is is fully acknowledging uh, that where we're talking about uh, where we're talking about issues of bullying in schools and schools taking very seriously yeah, uh, those kinds of things right. and just discrimination right. protections um, there, there there are uh, it, this has been um, we've been watching history and uh, and things seem so uh, chaotic on a day-to-day -day basis in our current politics that sometimes it's it's easy to forget that in the in uh, from a historical perspective on this issue it has been a dramatic and fast shift mm -hmm. minds have changed and yeah. probably more so in this decade than than anyone before mm -hmm. on this very issue no doubt about that yeah. okay. I do want to add real quick I mentioned the death threats that uh, Liz and B had received Equality Utah came out and said well we're disappointed in the way that went they did not stand behind that and oh. and asked people you know to to move from that direction yeah. and not take it that way mm -hmm. all right I'm gonna expand the minds for a moment all right beyond this year all right, I think reporters beyond yesterday. Uh -huh. Stories of the decade. Mm. All right, we've got 10 years coming to an end. Jennifer, want anything stand out in your mind? 10 years worth of great and interesting news. Um, I think we have seen a transformation in, a, in Mitt Romney. We've seen him emerge as a national leader, and now the state has adopted him as his own, and I think that he is very, um, careful about where he decides to step into issues. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been very, I, I, I think it's been um, really interesting to watch the, his, his style of leadership and how that fits into what the Repo Republican Party has become. So, um, you know, as a presidential candidate, he was scrutinized in certain ways. I think that here, Utahns, he still has a high level of approval. He was elected overwhelmingly. And um, as we proceed through, 
the uh, impeachment, the aftermath of the impeachment, yeah. and going into 2020, um, I'm interested to see if he's going to be more vocal. Yeah, I'm interested in that too, Glenn. He, he feels empowered. Yeah, you know? yeah. Is, is that? I mean, that's the arc, right? Uh, that we talk about with Mitt Romney, ran, ran for president mm -hmm. unsuccessfully, but comes back and maybe uh, influential force in the current presidency. Talk about talk about his impact that you see it over this last. Decade. Well, one of the things I think is interesting is if you look back at when he did run for president, he took like 75% of the state of Utah. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And then the following uh, nominee for the Republican Party was President Trump, who got 45.5%. Yeah. So. Yeah, they split between him and Evan McMullen, though. Right. I mean. But those going for Evan McMullen were probably never Trump to begin with, yeah, right? I, I they would have gone. A protest uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they probably would have maybe gone with a third party regardless. So there was a huge. In the state of Utah, we saw a huge divide between who, what does the Republican Party stand for and who is carrying the banner yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Max, I'm going to, okay, kinder, gentler Max again. Wow. We here. enjoyed seeing this person. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know where this it's is coming from. Yes. I like all you guys. Yeah, no, no. So um, uh, we talked about the arc of, uh, of, of gay rights, and, and that's, uh, that I think has been such a positive. Um, but over, over the decade, I think we're also seeing, I, I see a real, um, a real stream, as you're talking about, Mitt Romney's popularity, and then uh, Utah's skepti skepticism of Donald Trump. I think that's based on um, on thoughts of character and decency, mm -hmm. and I think that that carries over in in Utah's political atmosphere. And as much as we you know might get in arguments and complain, what I think about is even in this past year, um, as as the national conversation has been about, we've had this conversation about immigration and specifically about refugees and uh, and the president uh, uh, saying earlier this year we're going to take half as many refugees as the least amount we've ever taken so and we're going to give local officials the right to decide if they can take them or not well what did our what did our representatives and our governor and the mayor of salt lake city all agree on please send them to us yeah. Please send those refugees to us. They benefit our community. They make us richer. They make us, they, they work hard. And community. by the way, they are us. We were them and they mm -hmm. are going to be, be who we are in the future. And we see that as a positive and that's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, looking back at the decade also, you kind of take a look yeah. at the way Utah has, has led in ways. You talked about the anti-discrimination, LGBTQ and the religious rights. Uh, compromise that they came together on. Mm -hmm. uh, who would have thought we'd be talking about medical marijuana in the state of mm -hmm. Utah? Yeah. And being one uh, somewhere in the mid-20s in states, conversion therapy, the 19th state looking to ban that. Uh, so we're starting to see big shifts, like you say, uh, and Utah being on the forefront. But one thing that I really stick out, that sticks out to me as I look back at the decade, is this shift we've seen from debating political ideas to emotions. Mm -hmm. I think we've really shifted to a part where emotions are really taking center stage and playing a huge role in politics. Mm. But one thing's for sure, people are engaged right now. I and love they're it. watching closely. And you are helping that also, so thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode of The Hinkley Report. If you like listening to the experts talking about the issues, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.